0: Welcome to Sister Allie Cat's Tea where we talk about all things church related. My name is Allison C. and I am your host. Today we are going to continue our journey through the Bible and we are still in the book of Exodus. We are at Exodus the 20th chapter where we are going to talk about the Ten Commandments, the Mosaic Law. Law of Moses, the Decalogue, whatever you want to call it, we are going to talk about that on today. Now, we realize that the Ten Commandments are the religious and the civil laws that govern the children of Israel. We know that there are two parts to the Ten Commandments. The first part is the Talks about the relationship with God. That's the four, the first four commandments. And then the other six commandments uh, discuss the relationships with others. Societal relationships in so many words. So we're going to talk about the Ten Commandments. And I want you to know that the Ten Commandments here in the 20th chapter were written by God. On two tablets that he gave Moses and he gave the children of Israel so let's get started with the Ten Commandments and I'm gonna briefly or fastly read uh, verse or chapter 20 starting at the first verse and God spoke all these words saying I am the Lord thy God which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, thou shalt have no other gods before me is the very first commandment. God prohibited the children of Israel from worshiping other gods. And especially because they're going into the land of the promised land, the land of milk and honey, where the people of of that land, they worship idol god so god is telling them you're going into this land you know i brought you out of egypt and you're going into this new land where the people the nations worship other gods and i do not want you to worship other gods because i am the true and the living god i am a jealous god and i want you to worship me and me only so the lord commanded To fear the Lord and serve Him only. He commanded them to fear Him and to serve Him only. We're going to go to verse 4. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images, nor any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth now God is very specific here in verse 4 now the first commandment is especially directed against the worship of spirits that is demons through spiritual spiritism divination or any other form of idolatry because we can look here in verse 4 it says thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, in the heavens, uh, the stars, the the moon, the sun, or that is in the earth beneath, anything under the earth, demons, divination, or anything, or that which is beneath the earth, or that, is in the water under the earth so no kind of fish um, mermaid <laughs> anything of that nature god is saying no you cannot worship that anything that shall not make unto thee any graven image you are not supposed to carve out Wood, you're not supposed to carve out stone, you're not supposed to make cast out of uh, metals like gold and silver, things of that nature. No other God before me. This is what God is talking about. And the purpose in life is to seek and to love God with our whole heart. The mighty and relying on him to provide what is good for our lives so we are supposed to that's our purpose in life is to serve one true god and to rely on him to take care of us basically that is what is letting us know now any any other graven image let's see we're not supposed to make these images and this is the second commandment and he's forbidding Making images of gods or creatures for the purpose of worship, for the purpose of prayer, or any sort of spiritual help. He's talking about animals. He's talking about all of these things. We are not supposed to make any graven images. My God from Zion. So we're going to go on. Verse 6, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Verse 7, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold himself guiltless that taketh his name in vain. We are not supposed to just spew out God's name, dry, long, So. We're not to include making, and that also includes making false uh, promises. You hear people say um, um, things of, say, for instance, um, I I swear, or uh, things of that nature. We're not supposed to make false promises using God's name. Actually, we're not supposed to use his name in vain anyway, in whatever shape, whatever form, that is... It comes in. God's name should be honored and it should be protected. We are not supposed to use the name of God idly, frivolously, insincere. We are supposed to use God's name uh, when it's sincere and we're calling on him for help or, or to worship or things of that nature. Just calling on his name just to be calling on his name. Is is um, against the commandment of God. Verse eight: Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Verse nine: Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do shall not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, thy daughter, thy manservant, thy maidservant, thy cattle, nor a stranger that is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. And holiday so we learn that back in the book of Genesis that on the seventh day the Lord rested he sanctified the seventh day he blessed it so he also requires that of us we can work six days but on the seventh day God wants us to worship him he doesn't want us to sit idle he don't want us to be slowful and not do anything but the seventh day is um set aside for worshiping the lord it's the sabbath day it is a holy day and it is for worshiping god giving our all to god praising him thanking him for keeping us throughout the week thanking, giving him uh um um thanking him for all that he has done for us, thanking him for keeping us in sound mind and body, just giving God thanks, worshiping him. That is what the seventh day or the Sabbath day calls for. So God says to keep the Sabbath day holy. And we're going to go on to verse number 12. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the lord thy god giveth thee now listen we can go on to chapter 21 verses 15 and 17 and we can find where god required the death penalty for any person who hid or cursed their father are they mother. Now this shows how much importance God has placed on the respect for your parents. So it is necessary that uh, you be respectful and obedient to your parent. Why? So your days may be long upon this earth. And not only you as an individual, but as a nation, as a people, to respect the parents as a nation so the nation will continue to prosper so we have to it's it's a whole it's not only just individuals it's as a whole and we do not respect our elders and we do not respect our parents god that is a huge no no in God's eyesight, why? Because the Bible tells us in uh, chapter twenty-one that the death penalty, the death penalty, was the the um um what you would reap when you um what is it saying? You hit your parent or you curse your parent, you were going to reap the death penalty. So God. holds a high standard for how you treat your parents and i just want to throw a plug in here um because in the world that we live in today is very wicked very wicked and we do understand that some parents are wicked parents however you don't have to condone the things that they do but you have to have a respect for them as being your parents so there is a line there that I want you to be aware of there are things that parents do not only to children uh, uh, not only to others but they do to children as well their children as well however things of um, evil and wickedness we don't condone however as them being a the parent there is a, a, a certain amount of respect as being a person that gave birth to you but that does not mean that you have to condone the things that are that they do or the things that they say so there is a line that is drawn there uh in my opinion we can find that out in the new testament when jesus began to uh preach the gospel of jesus christ so I want you to be aware that I'm not saying if you have a wicked parent that you are supposed to um, allow them to do what they do and say what they say. There is a line drawn there. Okay, let's go to the next. And this is, so let's see. This is number six. The sixth commandment. Thou shall not kill now, this commandment forbids the willful willful murder of another individual. And we found that out in the book of Genesis when um, Cain killed Abel, that God was not pleased with Cain. So we know that a willful killing or a willful murder is, um, is not good in the eyesight of God and will not be good for you as an individual. So... God is prescribing the death penalty again for violating this commandment. If you kill somebody willfully, you murder somebody, God says it's the death penalty. The penalty for your sin is death. So we do not want to murder because we do not want to die because that is what God said will be your reward your reward will be death okay let's go to the next one seven thou shall not commit adultery my god my god this encompasses immoral immorality and all sexual sin adultery god hates adultery why because the marriage vows are honored before God. A man and a woman, the vows are honored before God. And he does not want you to go about um, all willy-nilly, as I can say in our terms today. He does not want you to go out um, um, being with somebody that's not your husband, not your wife. God frowns on adultery. So he says, do not commit adultery. Thou shall not commit adultery. Why? Because it's sexual sin. It's immorality. And he's trying to um, protect the sanctity of the home. Protecting the sanctity of the home. That is what God is doing, protecting the sanctity of the home, the home, which is the fundamental building block of society. The marital vows are holy before God. It's a holy commitment, and it should not be violated. My God, my God. Let's go to the eighth commandment. "Thou shall not steal. God is encouraging the respect of others' property in order to have a stable society. We don't want to take something that does not belong to us. Uh, Let's see. And that includes money or anything belonging to another. And cheating is also a form of stealing. Thy shall not steal. It's respect for others property and it helps us to keep a stable society and we're gonna go to the ninth commandment "Thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor bearing false witness it protects the name and the reputation of, of another person a false testimony against someone to cause unjustified injury we don't want to go around bearing false um being a false witness against our neighbor just to injure them just to harm them just to make them feel less than uh an individual that's bearing false a uh, witness being false about somebody just, just um, trying to tear somebody down, trying to tear their name down, trying to put, uh, um, uh, I don't want to say the word, but trying to put dirt on their name. That is bearing false witness. God said, don't do it. Thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor. A false testimony, a false word against somebody just to injure them my God. And by doing, by not doing this, this helps maintain the stability of society, society. All of these things are helping society. The, the, the last six commandments help society. If we are not to live by these commandments, society will be in a bad place. And we living in a society that's in a bad place today where, um, Uh, Good is called evil and evil is called good. People look at evil evil, uh, wickedness just like it's nothing in today's world. Just like it is something that is common that should be happening. I I, I don't understand it other than that we're living in an evil and a wicked generation and Jesus is soon to come. When you look at something that is evil and you know, for a surety that is evil, and you turn your head. But listen, honey, let me tell you: if if it could be done to one person, it could be done to you as well. Come on, somebody. We shouldn't. I know we can't. We may not be able to do anything about it, but we can pray. We can pray unto the Lord for this wickedness to stop, for this evil to stop for this bearing false witness to stop for all of these things to stop adultery for it to stop come on somebody for idolatry to stop and we know that a lot of these things it has to come to pass but especially if it's your family member it's your friend Somebody you know, you can pray if you you have a relationship with the Lord. You can pray and have God and ask God to have these things to stop for that individual to uh, come into contact with God, come to know God, come to live with for God, and um, go on this Christian journey with you as well. So there's a way to to have these things to stop in your family, your friends, however, there's prayer. But then there's some things that you, that's got to come to pass. Why? Because the Bible says, so as the days, of Mo, uh, noah the things that were going on in the time of noah marrying giving in marriage all kind of wickedness was going on and that's when god came with the flood so listen we are living in those same times we can see the same things going on and happening so don't be surprised as you if, if you look up and there comes jesus come on somebody we're going through this. We're almost done. Bearing false witness against thy neighbor. God said that is a no. And number 10 thou shall not cover thy neighbor's house, thou shall not cover thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his as nor anything that is thy neighbor's listen a general safeguard against many sins is 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 um number 10 it's a general safeguard against many sins why do not long for or desire that which belongs to somebody else in so many words do not covet it do not desire it do not long for something especially somebody else's wife somebody else's possessions. don't long for it don't covet after it because why because god can give it to you honey god is not a respecter of persons. don't look at someone and say oh i wish i had that or i wish i had this no god can give it to you and he can give it to you better so Don't cover or don't desire or don't long for your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's servants, the possessions that your neighbor has. None of that. Don't long for that because God can give it to you in your own accord in his own way in his own will now listen we're gonna continue we're gonna finish this up we're gonna wrap it up now after the ten commandments came forth you know the people were afraid of god they feared god and they told moses and we're gonna read verse 19 and they said unto moses speak thou with us and we will hear But let not God speak with us, lest we die. They were fearful because they heard all the thundering and the, and the, when God spoke, it was, it sounded like thunder and lightning and things of that nature. And the people were fearful and they told Moses, No, we want you to talk to us. We don't want God to talk to us because if God talks to us, we are going to die. And that makes me wonder, okay, why were they even thinking like that? Why? Because there was somebody in the back of their mind thinking, you know, I'm not going to abide by these rules anyway. So if God talked to me, I just might get caught up in in, in the thunder and the lightning and, and I'm going to die. My God from Zion. And Moses said unto the people, fear not, for God is come to prove you. He's come to test you and that his fear may be before your faces that ye sin not, And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness. So Moses drew near to God, to hear what God had to say. And the Lord said unto Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, Ye have seen that I have talked to you from heaven. God talked to them from heaven, the thunder and the lightning. Ye shall not make with me gods of silver, neither shall you make unto me gods of gold there's the silver and gold the metals we don't want to make idol gods and altar of earth thou shall make so god is giving them instructions how even how to make the altar towards him why because altars of idols were made with steps and and going into like a halty type way if you will and God said he doesn't want all of that God intended that worship should be centralized in one place and the altar was to be unadorned by craftsmen it was to be of earth just from the from the sand from the dirt of the earth or the, or the earth and um, and without steps so that the priest would not be indecently exposed. You got to go up steps. You know they wore their their garments, and God did not want them to be indecently exposed going up a high step. And and God, see the word is telling us, or according to the scholars, author altars rather altars with elaborate craftsmanship and elevated platforms were. With staircases were common in the worship of false deities. So God said, I don't even want to look like them. I don't want you to serve them. I don't want you to make no graven images out of them. I don't even want my altar to look like their altars. I just want a plain altar, plain God. Uh, you know, even though I'm the maker of the creator, making the creator of the heavens and the earth, I don't want you to do all of that. Because I know who I am, basically. Those are my words. God knows who he is. That's why we are his children. We have to know who we are. But God said, don't even do all of that. I don't even want to be in the same category as these idol gods. So you don't even have to do all of that. My God from Zion, what we have learned here. In the book of exodus the 20th chapter listen we are on our journey through the bible our next chapter is the uh chapter let's see it is chapter 34 it's exodus the 31st 34th, 34th chapter is the second tables of stone is the second Tables of the Ten Commandments. So I wonder what happened to the ones that we just read about. Remember, God made those. So I want you to go ahead and continue to read. Did you get to the thirty-first, uh, thirty-fourth chapter? And we're gonna learn in the midst of that what happened to the first uh, tablet. Of the Ten Commandments and here in the 34th chapter we're gonna find out as a matter of fact we can go ahead and read that now and just gonna make this this podcast just a little bit longer here let's go to the 34th chapter and the Lord said unto Moses you the two stone two tablets of stone like unto the first and I will write upon these tablets the words that were in the first tablets which thou breakest Moses broke the first tablets what made Moses break those first tablets you have to go back and read it and be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the Mount and no man shall come up with thee neither let any man be seen throughout all the Mount neither let the flocks nor the herds feed before that mount and he hewed two tablets of stone like unto the first and moses rose up early in the morning and went up unto mount sinai as the lord had commanded him and and took in his hand the two two tables of stone and the lord descended in the clouds and stood with him there listen god stood with moses on Mount Sinai, and proclaim the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and in truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and the fourth generations. Now listen, verse 7 here, it says that God will visit the iniquities of the fathers, which we read about it in uh, chapter 20, but we really didn't talk about it. But I want to talk about it here. God visits the iniquities of the fathers upon the children. And upon the children's children, the Bible says in verse 7 here, to the third and the fourth generation. So listen, the sins of your fathers, your forefathers, your grandparents, your great grandparents, the sins of your, of, of, of your um, forefathers, they come down through the generations. Let's read verse 7 again, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will be no means clear, the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and the fourth generation that's why you hear the words generational curses that's this is where you can find that information generational curses well my granddaddy was this and my grandmama was that well that sin comes down throughout the generations and thank God for Jesus Christ coming to save us from our sin because Jesus became the curse for us so we thank God for Jesus he became the curse for us but listen this is in the Old Testament and God said I'm gonna visit I'm gonna visit your sins. I'm gonna visit your children for your sin and I'm gonna visit their children your sin and I'm going to visit their I because of your sin. It's going to go down through your generations. Your children are going to be cursed. Their children are going to be cursed. Your great-grandchildren are going to be cursed. But listen, Jesus Christ died upon the cross for our sins. The Bible said that he became a curse for us. Why? Because he died upon the tree. He died upon the cross. The Bible says, cursed is the one that hangs upon a tree. And that is what Jesus did for us. He hung upon a tree. So he took away the curse that we can see right here in Exodus, the 34th chapter where the sins of our forefathers came down through the generational line. That's why you hear generational curses. Thank God for Jesus. My God from Zion. And we're going to go to verse 8. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. And he said, If now I have Found grace in thy sight, O oh Lord. Let my Lord, I pray thee, go amongst us, for it is, excuse me, a stiff necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for thine inheritance. Yeah, because God had, if we go back and we read these previous chapters, we all know that the, the children of Israel they sinned before God. They created while Moses was up there talking to God. The children of Israel was they were getting impatient. Moses was taking too long. So what did they do? They they created an idol. They formed an idol. They a made an idol god and they were worshiping the idol god so when moses came down off of the mountain he was so distraught he was so disappointed he was so upset about what was going on he threw the the 10 commandments the tablets the two tablets that god had made he threw and broke them so that's why here In Exodus uh, 34, we're finding that Moses had to make this time. Moses had to hew out the stone his own self. (coughs) Excuse me. And God was going to write upon them the Ten Commandments. So the children, just that quick, after they had said we were going to do all that God said, we're going to do it. And they turned and they worshiped an idol God. And here, Moses is my God from Zion. Moses is praying. And he's saying they are stiff-necked people. They disobedient. I pray thee, go amongst us for this is a stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for thine inheritance. We want you to Come back and, and renew the covenant with us that we had broken through by our sin. We broke the covenant that you made with Abraham. Now we want you to come back and renew that covenant. Take away our sin and renew that covenant. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant. Here we go. Before all thy people I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth nor in any nation and all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord for it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee observe thou that which I command thee this day behold I will drive out before thee the Amorites and the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jubasites. Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, whether thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. But ye shall destroy their altars. So God is saying, you going into the promised land, but listen, I don't want you to serve their idol gods. What I want you to do, I want you to destroy their altars. Verse 13, but ye shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves, their gardens where they went to worship. But thou shalt worship no other god for the Lord whose name is is jealous god's name is jealous listen he's not only a jealous god but his name is jealous (coughs) his name is jealous is a jealous god lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land and they go a horn after their gods and do sacrifice unto their gods, and one call thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice. So God is saying, <coughs> First of all, when you go over there, I want you to tear down everything that looked like an idol, I want you to tear it down to the ground, I want you to destroy it. Whatever the case may be, however you get rid of it, I want you to get rid of it. Why? Because I am a jealous God. My name is Jealous. And I'm a jealous God. He said, why? Why I want you to do all this thing? Because you may go over there and make a covenant with the people of the land. You may start uh, 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 being influenced by those in that land, by the by the Canaanites and by the Parasites, the Heavites, the Jebusites, they may influence you instead of you influencing them. And he said, Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitant inhabitants of the land, <coughs> excuse me, and they go a horn after their gods. Listen, we are married to God. Let me just break that down when I say go a horn because you are married to God. When you come into a a relationship with him, you are married to him. We, Christ is the husband, man, and we are the bride. And if we go and start worshiping another God, an idol God, a lowercase g-o-d, we are going a horn. We are being whores is, is what the Bible tell me. It says right here, Exodus the 34th chapter and the 15th verse. Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice unto their gods and one called thee and thou eat of his sacrifice come on somebody god don't want you to eat nothing that's sacrificed unto idols god do not want you to to serve idol gods he don't want you to make no idol gods none of that why because you'll be basically it's saying you'll be a whore because you are supposed to be the bride of Jesus Christ. Now you're going committing adultery with an idol God, with another God, lowercase g-o-d. So right here, he's yes, that's a strong word. But that's what the Bible is saying here in the King James Version. Verse 16. And thou take of their daughters. That means you're going to be married. He don't want you to... Talking to the Israelites, he don't want them to be marrying their daughters. Thou shalt take of their daughters unto thy sons, and their daughters go a horn after their gods. So you're gonna give, you're gonna let your sons marry their daughters, but their daughters are not gonna serve me, their daughters are still gonna be serving their idol gods. So what? They're gonna influence their husbands, which we see in the Bible. We can go directly to Solomon. King Solomon, he had many wives and he had wives of the different nations. And what happened to Solomon? Solomon began to worship idol gods. He began to turn away from the true and the living God. It's right here in our Bible. That's why God does not want us to be so because he is a jealous God and he will shut it down in a minute. So we do not want a petition to be between us and God. We want to be able to freely go to God and ask him for his help and to worship him freely. We don't want him to turn his face away from us because we are serving idol gods, lowercase g-o-d. My God from Zion, this is getting good. It took me a minute to get to this point, but it's getting good. Verse 17: Thou shalt make thee no mold in gods. Here we go again. The feast of unleavened bread shalt thou keep. We talked about the feast of unleavened bread when we talked about the Passover. Seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread as I command thee in the name of in the time of the month of Bea. For in the month of Bib, thou camest out from Egypt. That's the Passover. We already talked about that in previous episodes. All that opening the matrix of mine, in every firstling amongst thy cattle, whether ox or sheep, that is a male. But the firstling of and as thou shalt redeem with the lamb and of Thou redeem him not, thou shalt then shalt thou break his neck. All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem, and none shall appear before me empty. And the Lord began to give instructions. We talked about these instructions um, when we talked, when we learned about the Passover. God is giving specific instructions or what he would have the children of Israel to do when they come before him. Don't come before him empty-handed. You have to bring a sacrifice. We can learn here if we drop down to the 29th verse. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony in his hand. These are the second Commandments, the second tablets, the first set of tablets were broken by Moses. God told Moses to hew out two more tablets and he was going to write on them. And here we see that Moses is coming down from Mount Sinai with the second pair of tablets because the first pair were broken of the ten commandments with the two tablets of testimony in Moses' hand when he came down from the mount that Moses was not that his skin of his face shone while he walked talked with them and when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses behold the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come nigh him listen <coughs> if you haven't heard about this This is when you are in the presence of God. Honey, I say it like this. Sin has to flee. Anything that looks like sin has to go. So what? what is happening here? Moses was in the presence of God. Moses was talking to God and his skin shone or shone. His face was so bright because he was in the presence of God. The anointing, it is the anointing that makes a difference. When you are in the presence of God, and you can pay attention to it. When you're in the presence of God, when you're praying, say for instance, when you pray, uh, when you're in the anointing, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, your face, your appearance, your countenance change. And here we see it here in the Bible. Let's read that again. Starting at verse 29 in the 34th chapter of Exodus. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony in Moses' hand. When he came down from the Mount, that Moses was not, in other words, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron, his brother, and all the people, the children of Israel, saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. And Moses called unto them, and Aaron, and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. And afterwards, all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them in, in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a dell on his face. Come on, somebody. His skin was so bright. The people were afraid to talk to him, to come close to him, and Moses had to put a veil on his face because of his skin was so bright. My God from Zion, that is being in the presence of the Lord. That is what being in the presence of God will do for you. My God from Zion, and I just trying to find something uh To see what the scholars have to say about this. Let's read what the scholars have to say. The glory of God on Moses. In contrast with the anger and the holy indignation. (coughs) That Moses evidenced when he returned. With the first set of tablets. This time his face radiated with the glory of God. But he was unaware of it. This made the people afraid of him, but he encouraged them to listen as he told them the stipulations of the renewed covenant. Apparently, the people told Moses his face shone because he then covered it with a veil. Come on, somebody. When you're in the presence of God, listen, God is light that is the name of this ministry light in darkness come on somebody when you're in the presence of god god shines his shine he shines throughout darkness so here when you get in the presence of god you're gonna shine just like god as we see here in the book of exodus the 34th chapter (coughs) excuse me moses face shone with the brightness of God. My God from Zion. I don't know about you, but I want my face to shine with the brightness of God. I don't want to walk around in darkness uh, with evil and wickedness upon my face looking like a uh, uh, walking dead. I want to shine with the brightness of God upon my face. My God, my God, my God. And Moses put a veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with the Lord. So when Moses went in to speak with God, he took the veil off. But when he came out to talk to the people of Israel, he put the veil upon his face because they were afraid to uh, be close to him because of the glory of God. Now, listen, this is something else that we have learned here today. Exodus, the 34th chapter, how the glory of God will shine upon us when we are in the presence of the Lord. Nothing but light. The light runs away. Darkness has to flee in the light of God. Come on, somebody. Darkness cannot abide in the light it's just like when you turn on a light in your house darkness flees so when you're in the presence of the of God anything that looks like evil has to flee that looks like sin has to flee because you are in the presence of the almighty God the maker and the creator of the heavens and the earth and we see it right here in the book that God's glory will shine upon your face when you're in his presence praise God praise God Thank you for listening to Sister Alec Casti, where we talk about all things church related. My God, we went ahead and did two chapters on today. That was not my intention, but thank God, thank God I enjoyed this reading on today. Thank you for listening to Sister Alec Castee where we talk about all things church related. Please like, comment, follow, and share. Follow this ministry. Follow us on YouTube, Bible Basics Builder. Go to our website, Light and Darkness. Listen, there is a reading list in the description. Go ahead and opt in to the email. Get your reading list so you will be up to date. You can go ahead and read before us. So you will be set to know what we're going to be talking about. And you can have your questions and your comments ready. So go ahead and opt into the reading, into our email and get your reading list, Sister Alec Cat's team Bible reading list, and you will be set for the rest of the year. My God from Zion, I'm excited about the word. Thank you again, and I will talk to you soon.